Guys, welcome to the J. Scott Outdoors podcast. We're going to have a fun time today with Adam Bronson of Bronson Outfitting and Epic Outdoors. And Adam's going to help us go through the New Mexico big game regulations and help us to figure out which units to apply for for elk and deer and sheep and ibex and all the different species in New Mexico. But before we get to that, GoHunt.com Insider just announced the six Insider members who won the Outdoorsman's Tripod and Tripod Heads, and this had a retail value of $5,000. The six winners are Clay B. from North Fork, California, Joe C. from Minot, North Dakota, maybe Minot, not sure how to pronounce that, James T. Lafayette, Louisiana, Jeremiah F. Corning, California, William K. Fountain Valley, California, and Tate P. from Wisconsin. So congratulations to those insider members that won uh, the new uh, monthly giveaway for March is 80 Skull Hooker gift cards at $50 a piece. So 80 insider members are going to win the Skull Hooker gift cards and i'm looking forward to announcing those winners uh next april at the beginning of the month i want to recommend to you guys if you are not already a go hunt insider member uh, their filtering 2.0 and draw odds uh, calculator is unbelievable and i want to give you a quick example of this right now Okay, so I'm in the New Mexico section of Go Hunt Insider and I've clicked on Draw Odds and it pulls up 158 results. And starting at the top with Archery, Units 2A, 2B, 2C, this is Archery Elk, the September 1st through the September 14th season, the first choice percentage is 28 second choice is 17 third choice is 17. if i just click down here randomly uh unit 6a is eight and a half percent 5.1 percent 5.3 percent just going down randomly unit 12 uh for the let's call it the second hunt i have a 7.7 percent chance a 4.6 percent chance and a 4.8 percent chance go down here randomly to 16c uh, I've got an 8.7, a 5.2, and a 5.4. Down here to unit 17, on the second archery hunt, I've got a 1.7, a 1.0, and a 1.1. Unit 21B, September 15th, I've got a 19%, 11%, 12%. So in other words, all the units are just listed here, and it gives your odds of drawing. Here's, here's another example, muzzleloader unit 6C. 15% as first choice, 8.7 as second choice, and 9.1 as third choice. Keep rolling down here. I've got rifle, unit 5B, 15% chance, first choice, 8.9% second choice, 9.3 third choice. One of the cool things about this also is you can use the filtering system. So if you say you want bulls you know, over 350 inches, and you want to do archery it will basically bring up the units that bulls you know trophy quality of over 350 
and then you can look at specifically just the units that that you're interested in for your trophy class or let's say you want you know 300 inch bowls or better you can put all those variables into the filtering 2.0 system and just look at the units that have bowls of the quality that you're looking for so it's a really neat tool i recommend you guys checking out uh, gohunt.com insider and um, you can uh, join up use the blue join now button and when you click on that blue join now button use the j scott promo code and you'll receive a 50 dollars kuyu gift card guys i also wanted to make you aware that dar and i are doing a free turkey hunting seminar at the desert christian archers event this month it's tuesday march 15th starts at 6 p.m it's in phoenix arizona at the calvary community church fellowship hall that's 12612 North Black Canyon Highway. Uh, they're going to be giving away uh, raffle prizes, door prizes. They'll have some refreshments there, giving away some Primos calls. The NWTF will be there. Uh, they've got lots of great uh, supporters and sponsors, Sportsman's Warehouse, Arizona Archery Club, Cabela's, Corner Archery, and Outdoor Skills Network. They're asking you to bring... Uh, toiletries for the Calvary Community uh, Church Mana Ministry Food and Toiletries Drive. Please bring any non-perishable food items or toiletries. So guys, I look forward to seeing you out there. Make sure to look me up if you uh, come. Uh, I want to say hi to all of you listeners, and I want to thank you guys for listening uh, to this podcast. Thank you for all your support. I want to thank the sponsors of this podcast GoHunt.com, Wilderness Athlete, PhoneScope, Utah Hydrographics, Western Hunter Magazine, and the Outdoorsman's for their support. And you guys can always send me emails and comments on my email at jscottoutdoors at gmail.com. Uh, you can follow along our adventures on our Instagram page at jscottoutdoors and my associate Dar Colburn at Dar Colburn. Uh, our Facebook page, uh, also on our website, www.jscottoutdoors.com. Guys, let's get right to this episode with Adam Bronson. Welcome to the J. Scott Outdoors podcast. Today we've got a special episode with Adam Bronson of Epic Outdoors and Bronson Outfitting. Adam has been on the podcast before and we broke down the Utah uh, upcoming draw and um, I've got great response from listeners uh, hearing Adam speak about Utah so today we are going to break down New Mexico Adam how you doing doing well how are you Jay I'm doing just fine it was good to see you guys at the uh, Western Hunting uh, Conservation Expo up in Salt Lake City every time I went by the booth the Epic Outdoors booth, it was just rocking. I mean, there were people in standing, standing in lines, basically. It was awesome. Yeah, it was, it's a good show for us always. Um, and that show seems to always be getting a little bit bigger every year. It's, I think, been around for 10 years. And it was a great show for us, a great place to, you know, meet and greet a lot of people that you see maybe only once a year, including yourself. Uh, so, yeah, it's good to, good to connect with guys there. Yeah, you guys had that um, awesome, you had some incredible bucks, that one you guys shot on the Henrys, I think, last year um, that went both ways, uh, typical and non-typical, and then uh, Jason had that uh, 
uh, giant New Mexico buck that was what 280, 279, 280 that uh, I think was killed on an auction tag. That was that's an unbelievable buck. So that was definitely drawing a lot of attention. It definitely did. Uh, you know, just due to the fact that it was killed very end of December, it was you know unable to you know get mounted and done up right. I think he's actually doing a life size mount on it. So it was kind of nice to just have the police, you know, the European school there to handle and fondle and it definitely got handled and fondled quite a bit and it, you know, it was, it was uh, nice to have that in the booth uh, Tyler Lehmann, uh he killed that great deer in uh, northern New Mexico last year so that's fantastic uh, that's our topic today uh, I know we've got uh, the Utah deadline is uh, I believe March 3rd and the uh, New Mexico deadline, uh, correct me if I'm wrong, but it's 5 p.m. Mountain Standard Time on March 23rd. And they're going to have the results posted on the department website by uh, the 27th of April. And one of the things that always draws me to New Mexico, even though I have yet to draw a tag, is that it actually is, has no preference point, And it seems like anyone has as good a chance as, as the next. Granted, I've put in for the top of the top, you know, the best units out there. Um, I know a lot of guys that have actually drawn quite a few uh, elk and, and uh, deer tags. So um, I'm anxious to break down New Mexico with you. Um, so I'll kind of let you take over from here. Yeah, you know, New Mexico is one of those states that's if you're just new to the Western application game, it's one that gives you more hope maybe than others because first-time applicants have just as equal chance to draw something as somebody that's been applying down there for their their whole lifetime. Um, you know, having said that, um, a few things to keep in mind um, regarding New Mexico key points is they do require you to pay the permit fees at the time of application up front. They allow you to put that on a credit card, but it's not a simple um, license and minimal application fee. Um, they do deem your card for the permit fees, and some of those are quite high, most notably their sheet tag at about $3,200. Uh, you know, the odds um, are not incredibly great now that they've instituted the resident and non-resident and guided outfitter pool quotas for sheep and IBEX and everything, but um, got got the money on a card and can sit on it. Fortunately, it's only about a month or six weeks in, in New Mexico. They get the draw results out within about a month. It's very quick, very timely, and then credits go right back on the on the card uh, if you're unsuccessful. So um, I, I definitely play New Mexico fairly hard every year. I'm more so go for more of their trophy and the things. But having said that, because they don't have a point system, it's a state that every year you can evaluate what you think your schedule is going to be looking like and be as aggressive or, you know, conservative as you want. Because every year is a new year. You draw something that doesn't really matter. You don't burn points that you think you got to get 15 or 20 years of preference points out of like you do maybe in other states like Arizona or Utah. So um, for that reason, it's a state that, you know, you can – you know, reevaluate every year. Look at what you don't think you're going to have, or do do or, or do think you're going to have, and and uh, you know apply accordingly. And you know, doesn't really matter with uh, 
the outcome, so to speak, as long as you're willing to accept one of your three choices. Keeping in mind, they do look at all three choices on your application before going to the next applicant. So it makes sense to prioritize them, you know, best to, you know, next best to third best in terms of the hunt you'd really want. And many people, you know, put their third choice as something they're definitely willing to accept and, and maybe one or two choices is the best or even Hail Mary type choices down there. But uh, um, the fact they give you three choices definitely allows you to, you know, maximize, you know, draw choices and sequence and things like that. One very important thing to keep in mind in Arizona that, that I highly recommend people doing is if you are likely to hire an outfitter you in, mean New in New Mexico, in New Mexico. One thing to keep in mind in New Mexico is that if you are going to hire an outfitter, if and when you draw a tag there, you should apply with an outfitter from the get-go in the outfitter pool. They set aside 10% of the tags for non-residents and residents that are contracted with an outfitter at the time of application, and only 6% of their tags statewide to non-residents that apply in the non-guided pool. The other 84% go to residents. So not only do they give a higher percentage of tags to outfitter-applied applicants, but uh, there's generally fewer applicants for a lot of the hunts in the outfitter pool. So your odds are better. If you're going to hire somebody to begin with, uh, do it in the outfitter pool because you'll have better drawing odds. And uh, I, I can't emphasize that enough. That's been magnified even more since they've instituted this um, 84 10 6 split here several years ago. So, very, uh, very important. If you got an outfitter connection, get with them. Um, you know, work out an agreement that you could uh, live with. It obviously requires you to use an outfitter or one of their uh, sub-guides over there. When you do draw, you can't go do the hunt on your own. There's no way to circumvent that. You legally have to hire um, somebody for at least two days on the hunt. And, you know, depending on you and the outfitter you select, you can work out the price negotiation for the hunt. Not a lot of people are willing to just do a two-day hunt because, um, you know, you're in that, that taking a tag out of that outfitter pool from someone that they may book a five or a seven day or 10 day hunt with. So it's, it's all individual, but keep that in mind if you do intend to hire an outfitter, if you already draw a tag. Yeah. And I mean, as an outfitter here in Arizona, I would highly recommend something like a sheep tag uh, for sure. You know, I, I, I think it's a little bit weird that they uh, do a two day deal where, you know, the, guide must be with you for two days. Uh, I, I don't know why they didn't just leave it, you know, that you had to hunt with the outfitter. I think it would be better for the outfitters personally. Um, and quite honestly, probably better for the hunters as far as having a better experience and probably getting a better trophy. So um, with that being said, uh, I had a question about the, um, you, you, it's a little different than, New Mexico has changed a little bit in that you first must obtain a customer ID number, either online or in person. And I just want to be clear, if you're applying for New Mexico for the first time, you can just go through and get an online ID number, correct? And then uh, and then start the application process. Yeah, you can. And But if you're already in their system, you do have to re-log in using your either username or customer ID number and then your password. And it's not just a simple date of birth, Social Security number, easy login like 
a lot of the other states. You do have to keep that from year to year. And if you lose your username and login number, you're going to have to call them, have it reset so that you can log in. It's kind of a pain. Um, I don't know why they don't just allow you to use that highly sensitive personal information like a social or date of birth to, to get in if you forget it, but they don't. And so you got, don't, don't wait to the very end and try to jump on there and don't remember your username and password because you're then going to have to call New Mexico, have it reset, have them give you something to help you log in if you're already in the system. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and hunter education requirements for uh, people under 18, they must, uh, they must uh, show that they have gone through a certified course in another state in order to hunt in New Mexico. Uh, and also there's a mandatory reporting um, clause, I believe, for sheep, elk, and deer. Yeah, it's in place, and, and it'll let you go and apply for your hunts, um, but it'll reject you in the draw if you haven't completed your harvest questionnaire and in some cases paid the late fees. So anybody that hunted New Mexico last year, um, get online. It's another reason to apply early. Take care of your harvest questionnaire. Otherwise, um, you'll be rejected from the draw after you apply this year if you don't take care of that. And it's just good. You know, allows the game managers to get better, you know, better data, harvest data, questionnaire data, so that they, uh, you know, have that to move forward in recommendations in the future. At GoHunt.com, we are restoring the heritage of the old and constantly redefining the new. We stay focused and put our efforts into redefining the future of Western hunting. What makes us special? What makes us different? We are the new breed of hunter. We are the customers that we serve. We are the innovators and we are the future. Visit GoHunt.com slash insider and join the movement. Use the J. Scott promo code when signing up and receive a $50 Kuyu gift card. Since 1982, the Outdoorsman's in Phoenix has made it their goal to provide the very best customer service combined with the latest and greatest optics and accessories in the business. Outdoorsman's is the leading designer and manufacturer of high-quality tripods and mounting accessories for any hunter's optical needs. Go to Outdoorsman's.com or call 1-800-291-8065 and use the J. Scott promo code until February 28th to receive 10% off all Outdoorsman's packs and pack accessories. Okay, Adam, uh, which animal do you want to start with first uh, in our breakdown? Uh, maybe we'll just address the sheep real quick. Um, okay. You know, they are a state that has both desert and Rocky Mountain Bighorn, you are allowed to play for both. They do not charge you the $3,200 permit fee for both Rocky and Desert. Um, you get three choices for Rocky Mountain and three choices for Desert Sheep, all within that one permit fee purchase. So, you know, why not do both? Um, their Desert Sheep have been excellent. That's really been a, something expanded in the last four or five years down there and killing some of the best rams to be killed anywhere, you know, rivaling, obviously, Arizona as the two top states for giant desert sheep. Um, their hunts aren't incredibly um, physical in most places, so a l wide range of people can apply and do their desert sheep down there. They're not extreme backpack hunts or anything like that. And in some cases occur on, you know, private land um, to where they're not, you know, You've got even a, a assistance and guided hunt in a, in a couple of their desert sheep hunts, but uh, definitely should be applying for both Rocky Mountain 
and desert sheep. Within the Rocky, some of their hunts are more physical. Some of them are at very high elevation, like Wheeler Peak and Latir. Uh, if people have issues and are prone to altitude sickness and whatnot, there's really not anything you can do when you've got to get up there at uh, 11, 12,000 feet plus. You're in it, and you're you're going to be up there. You're 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 going to have to. If you know you have problems there, you might look at other units like uh, you know the San Francisco River Gorge units, you know things like that, um, where elevation is not an issue. That the reason I bring it up is we, you know, some of our outfitter and guide friends that take hunters down there, you know from the east coast or even west coast to live at sea level or within 500 or 1,000 feet of it, um, prepare for that. And if that's something you know you've had chronic issues with in the past, keep that in mind. Everybody, you know, the Wheeler Peak and, and Latier units have been some of the best trophy producers, but keep that in mind. And if it is an issue, the Rio Grande Gorge hunt and, and or the San Francisco River Turkey Creek hunts are something you might want to consider if they're more river gorge, lower elevation stuff, but excellent hunts, especially, you know, in the Rio Grande Gorge is an excellent hunt where very top heavy on rams, a, a giant of a ram killed out of there last year. They've up the tags to four tags there this year and is one of the top couple of units in the state uh, for trophy rams. So that one, Wheeler Peak and Latier, I would, I would rank as the top three Rocky units um, in terms of trophy potential. Um, Seems like Wheeler Peak, uh, the quality, the cream's been taken off the top a little bit at Wheeler Peak. It seems like oh, five, six, seven, eight years ago they were shooting much better rams than they are now. They're still shooting nice rams, but has the cream been taken off a little bit? Yeah, they're not. They're not definitely producing the high 180s to stretching towards 190 rams. But but book rams are definitely um, doable there still, as as they are in Latier. And I mean, 180 plus Rocky is a big, big Rocky still. So, um, and you know, when it comes to sheep hunting, you know, I don't know anybody that wouldn't take a 180 Rocky in anywhere. Um, so, still apply for it, um, but I would definitely say that it's not not as good as it, it used to be, but still far better than a lot of states can produce in in terms of trophy uh, quality. Sure. Um, when it comes to desert sheep, uh, you know, they've got a lot of different options there. It seems like the Ladrones, the Pelincios, the Hatchets tend to be um, some of the great, great trophy-producing units. But but also Unit 19 on White Sands, Missile Range, is just turning out some awesome sheep. 170, 175 plus rams, and those are, those are great sheep. They've got four tags there. Uh, don't let that the military restrictions stuff that you read about that hunt uh, scare you away. It's generally there because they have to put it there like they do on all the Oryx hunts. But uh, I had personal friends draw that hunt, had great, uh, great time, great success. They've not been kicked off. Like I know they, they can threaten to, Hey, you're done. Get off. It's not generally been the case. And that's why they put that hunt mid December through early January you know, through the Christmas holiday, they don't do a whole lot of military type stuff there traditionally. That's why they have that season there. So, um, you know, they do have a youth hunt also for a Rocky Mountain Bighorn in the Pecos Wilderness and the uh, desert sheep in the Frog Cristobals. 
very unique to all states that they do set aside one sheep hunt for Desert and Rocky Mountain for youth. And uh, we'll get to the other youth opportunities later for some of the deer and elk stuff. But if you've got a youth, those odds are fairly good. They're obviously in the hat with residents and everybody and still all subject to the non-resident you know, quotas. But um, you know, pool of applicants in the youth hunts are far fewer than the, than the adult hunts. So if you've got a youth under 18, definitely applying for one of those hunts in the, in the Pecos Wilderness or uh, Christmas Mountain youth hunts. Adam, I want to reiterate something you said because I actually think I've been making a mistake. I, I, it seems like I thought with the sheep you could you could apply for uh, desert and rocky on the same application, but I think I heard you say that you could do three choices for desert and three choices for rocky. Is that correct? That's correct, and that's new as of last year. It used to okay. be you had one preset. Um, application choice and had to mix and match your three choices of, you know, one rocky, two desert, or vice versa. Last year that was changed and the large, you know, for the large part that was changed because of the institution of the quota, uh, 6%, 10% non-resident quota, and uh, that affected, you know, the amount of tags uh, and rounding, low, low tag numbers and rounding and issues like that. So they now allow you to apply for the BHS uh, 1-201 Rocky Mountain Bighorn Hunts and the BHS 1-204, which is the Desert Series, and can do three hunt codes within each. So, yes, you can actually do six hunt codes, three for Rockies and three for Deserts. Beware of the, the 202 and the 203 hunt codes. Those are those are you, Rocky Mountain Hunts. They're going to ding you for a you hunt. So, Unless you really deliberately are trying to apply for a U hunt um, and are fine paying that permit fee, avoid those uh, BHS 1-202 and 203 series, which are either rifle or archery Rocky Mountain hunts. Uh, don't want anybody to draw a U hunt, get excited, and find out uh, <laughs> found out later what they really got, and they got to pay thirty two hundred bucks to go shoot a U. So, yeah, I mean. Uh... New Mexico, as far as their sheep, it, it's, it's, I mean, an unbelievable opportunity for desert and Rockies, um, probably right up there with Arizona for, for quality, um, or, or, or dang close to it. And, um, so everybody should be applying, uh, if you're into sheep hunting at all, everyone should be applying for sheep, no doubt. That's right. And as far as the number of tags, the way the breakdown shook out at least last year, in the unguided pool, they drew one Rocky Mountain Bighorn tag um, and one Desert Bighorn tag in the unguided pool. And in the guided portion, they actually drew two in the Rocky Mountain Bighorn and two in the desert. Um, so you're talking about very low tag numbers, but uh, one extra tag went to non-residents in the guided pool for both Rocky Mountain and desert. And as I looked at the odds, it was very, a very close number of applicants in the unguided and guided pools. So your odds were basically twice as good in the guided pool because the number of applicants was very similar in, in the unguided guided for both Rocky and Desert. It's just they had two tags versus one. So if you're, again, you're probably 80% of the people that draw may be considering hiring out there. You might as well get, get connected with somebody to begin with 
your odds, albeit they're still sheep, sheep odds, you know, one in five or six hundred in the guided pool versus one in eleven or twelve hundred in the unguided pool. But that's that is twice as good. Absolutely. Absolutely. Um, you got any more to add for sheep there, Adam? That's probably it on sheep. I don't, can't think of anything more to add there. Um, maybe we'll just jump into Ibex real quick. They're kind of the yeah, other. Yeah, let's, let's take a quick break before we jump into Ibex and hear from our sponsors. Have you guys heard about PhoneScope? PhoneScope is a privately held company that makes custom molded, precisely engineered smartphone digiscoping adapters. Photographing wildlife has never been easier. Take digiscoping photos and videos from your smartphone and share them with your friends. PhoneScope stands behind their product with a 100% money-back guarantee. PhoneScope is the future of digiscoping. Get yours now. Use the JSCOT16 promo code and receive 10% discount on all purchases. Check them out at PhoneScope. That's P-H-O-N-E-S-K-O-P-E dot com or on Instagram at PhoneScope. Wilderness Athlete is committed to improving the health and quality of life for the outdoor athlete by providing field-tested, scientifically validated nutrition and sports performance products. Check them out at wildernessathlete.com and use the J. Scott promo code to receive 10% off any order in February 2016. Okay, Adam, let's dive into IBEX. Uh, you know, the IBEX are... Uh, definitely something that I've been on my list to try to take for a lot of years. I've even applied to the archery January uh, on three or four occasions and and have never been able to draw. And, and now that the same non-resident resident, uh, quotas have been instituted for Ibex, like they have sheep, those are a lot harder to draw now for non-residents. Uh, they have a rifle hunt which is a once-in-a-lifetime hunt, a muzzleloader hunt, which is not, but is still a very, very good hunt, and then uh, a couple of different archery seasons there, which, frankly, are are opportunity hunts, fairly low harvest success, and, um, you know, apply uh, with caution unless you're um, really up for a big challenge. Uh, there definitely are people that have made good use of those archery tags, but out of 100 tags in the October, roughly 100 in January, you know, you're talking about maybe killing 10 or less uh, on those sense. So most success, but the rifle and muzzleloader are at or near 100% uh, success. Last year, they drew two tags in the rifle and two in the muzzleloader to non-residents in the unguided pool. And in the guided pool, they drew three rifle and three muzzleloader. So uh, again, a uh, little bit more opportunity there for non-residents to draw and and better drawing odds slightly if you're going to go with an outfitter, if you're going to hire one anyway. Very neat animals um, uh, down in there. Uh, they're obviously a native habitat as they came from Turkey, the bees are ibex, but they're uh, great challenge, very, very cool animals, and, and very high on my list. One day, hopefully, be able to hunt. They're definitely really neat animals. Um, wouldn't that be something to draw one of those tags? Absolutely. I, you know, the odds are pretty much comparable. Not quite as bad as the sheep, but but almost. Um, they're not they're not a sleeper by any means. It saves a trip overseas to hunt them, and uh, um, the odds kind of reflect that. But absolutely a great experience if you get lucky enough to pull a tag for them. 
What about the oryx hunts there, Adam? Oryx are another one of the you know exotics that have been introduced into New Mexico. A lot of those occur, at least the draw tags, on military land uh, down in south central New Mexico. They've got those broken down to different subzones, most notably the Rhodes Canyon and the Stallion Range. Those are excellent hunts. They're they're two or three day short hunts. Um, don't need a guide or an outfitter unless you want help. Um, you know, being able to get them game retrieval and get them out. There are some military restrictions on that, but those hunts have been conducted for a lot of years. And don't let that deter anybody because of the fact you're applying that on a military base and range. That I mean, very very well set up. You got to go through an orientation meeting a day or two before the hunt down there. But again, saves a trip to Africa. Um, need animals. Uh, I've never had quite the bug to go shoot one of those like I obviously had the Ibex, but um, a lot of people have. They're neat. They're fun. They're not quite as easy as a lot of people maybe expect them to be. Sometimes they turn out being like more like an antelope hunt, but other times they can be kind of tough to dig up. And being the fact that they're fairly short seasons, two or three day hunts. Um, you know, some people end up going home without on occasion. Um, so, um, but I, I'd probably say that Rhodes Canyon is always tend to be the more preferred hunt, more consistent. Uh, you know, generally, all they do is divide up the hunts in different months just to avoid hunting pressure. You know, you know 45 to 50 tags on each hunt, and you know, pick one that fits your schedule best. A lot of them occur during the winter months. January, February, and March. And so generally you can always pick one. It's not too hot. They do have some September seasons, sometimes for youth and whatnot, that can be fairly hot still, even in the October seasons they can. But neat, neat hunt, neat opportunity. Um, they will, uh, it's a little over $1,600 for the uh, permit application fee. The odds are not great, but far, far better than, than say, sheep or, or ibex are. A lot of these hunts, uh, it'd be less than less than 10%, and some of them are less than 5% drawing on still, but but not not near as bad as the ibex or the desert sheep when it comes to drawing on. Okay, um, let's move on to elk, huh? Yeah, I'd say you know that's probably what most people think of when they think of New Mexico is their elk, and and rightfully so. I'd definitely say it's one of the top. In the top three or four elk states, you know, it's you know got great genetics, and in the years when they get great moisture, which this year is kind of shaping up to be, uh, big elk get killed in New Mexico. So I expect it to be a really good year as long as we don't the moisture and precipitation doesn't just shut off from here on out. Uh, New Mexico gets a lot of the similar winter moisture as Arizona does, and obviously you live in Arizona, Jay, and it's been a uh, a good year up to this point. So up till now, I, I would accept. I would say apply full bore for for whatever type of hunt you're looking for in, in New Mexico. Rifle, muzzleloader, archery. It is a state that if you want to hunt the rut, you're going to have to do it with a bow. Um, they center their archery hunts in September and break them up into two seasons. The first one, the first to the 14th of September, and then the 15th to the 24th in most hunts, in most seasons, in most units. So that's, in my opinion, uh, I don't know, anybody that hunts elk enough knows that to, to 
hunting them in the rut is is most most fun and enjoyable time. And so if you're capable and able to hunt with a bow, I highly recommend that season. They do have muzzleloader and rifle seasons in most every unit as well, and those occur generally in mid-October with some state, uh, some seasons in late November. And I would say, um, you know, the Gila units, which are, you know, the, the 15, 16, 17 units, maybe throw 12 and 13 in there, that's where the the state's kind of known for the biggest bulls, although there's some big bulls that come out of unit you know, 34, 36, and some of the, you know, 55, and then even now 6B, the Bias Caldera hunt that's now within the state draw. There's big bulls killed in some of those units, but, but for the most part, the 16, 17, 15s is where a lot of people gravitate, and rightfully so. They're heavily public land units. Guys can do hunts on their own, but Kind of the same principle applies. If you are likely to hire an outfitter when you draw a New Mexico elk tag anyway, get signed up and contracted with an outfitter and in the outfitter draw, your odds will be better, no question. Uh, again, they give 10% of the elk tags to non-resident applicants in the outfitter pool and only 6% of their total tags to unguided uh, uh, non-residents. So can't stress that enough. If you are going to hire someone, um, get with them and if you don't know anybody if you need to get set up with somebody feel free to give us a call i'll give you our number at the end of the podcast you shoot us an email or a call if you need to get in touch with somebody for any of the species for the outfitter draw but uh yeah i don't elk is uh elk in new mexico are pretty much synonymous and when they got moisture look out and this year's looking like it may be one of those years in mexico I want to ask you a question about the muzzleloader hunts that fall in October and some of, I believe they've got some early rifle hunts. Um, is your experience that they're bugling still at all or, or are they kind of post rut and not really bug? I've had some people say they've had great bugling hunts and then I've had some people say they didn't hear a thing. You know, that, that depends. I've been down there before on muzzleloader hunts that started as early as October, uh, and went through the night, and it was a strong bugle hunt still that specific year. This year, if you look at the season dates, most of the early rifle and muzzleloader hunts for the non-youth hunts. The youth hunts are about the 8th to the 12th of October, and in a lot of years, those are still fairly good uh, bugle hunts. I'll be at towards the end of the rut, but those youth hunts can be great. Units like 34 or... 16C with a rifle, or in, in case with a muzzleloader, you know, 17 or 15, they can be great hunts and uh, should apply youth for them. But the next week, uh, you know, the 15th to the 19th, which is when a lot of those start, don't expect a whole lot of rutting to go on. Um, with the calendar shift, sometimes those dates are earlier than they are now. Um, they're kind of on the on the latter end of the opening schedule. Some years they do, some years they don't. It really just depends on, you know, the delay or when the really strong rut gets going in September. If it's a later rut, you might have a little bit of lingering effect of the rut uh, going on by the 15th. But by and large, I tell people that don't don't plan on that, and that's just an added bonus if you do get some a year where you got a late rut lingering. But uh, those youth hunts, 
absolutely can still be fairly decent rut hunts going on. Those are fantastic hunts. Set aside tags for for youth um, in several units that are that are great trophy producing units. And I always put put in my kids for some of those better hunts there because they're only hunting with other youth and they're before um, the adult hunts. So can't emphasize that enough. They're great opportunities for kids down there in New Mexico on the elk. Adam, are there some marginal, um, you know, you talked about the high quality elk hunts. Uh, one thing I always get confused on is the price. There's different price structures for, uh, do they still have that for the high quality demand elk hunts? They do. They they have, have three designations. Um, the standard price is just that, just the standard elk license is about $550. Then they have what are called either quality, which is just a designation issued by the state, or high demand designation, which are higher priced, about $775. So it's $225 more than the standard price. And those quality and high demand are either designated by the state or based on the percentage of non-resident applicants in the previous years, they get the designation of high demand and the state's just asking for more money of them because it's evident to them that uh, more people want those hunts, and so they're charged more for them. Um, there are some standard price areas uh, or individual hunts that still can produce, you know, good good bulls. And um, other units in the state that I guess I would probably characterize as maybe lesser units and, and uh, in terms of top and trophy potential, would be some of the sixes and you know 51, 52. These are units that have still plenty of public land for guys to go do hunts on their own if they're that kind of a hunter. Uh, unit 45 is a is a unit I've hunted before in the Pecos Wilderness. You can hunt the fringes of it as deep as you're willing to go hunt without horses, or go down there and get packed in either with an outfitter or pack in yourself, which we've done. And We've always had a chance to hunt 300 to 350 bulls on those hunts still. Um, so there are opportunities like that throughout the state that if you want to look for, that you can try to improve your drawing odds, hunt, you know, 280 to 320 bulls for the most part on some of those sixes or um, 51, 52. But op- good opportunity outcomes, and it goes back to the fact, like I started out with, you're not giving up anything in New Mexico. You're not giving up years and years of points. If you just want to try to get an elk hunt on the books, you can do it. And if you drew a tag and go did it and said, okay, I want to do that as often as I can, keep going back. If you if you go and don't see the quality of bullets you're really after but have a good time, you, you're still not out of anything because the next year you're, you're put in for more of a trophy zone. It's uh, kind of something for everybody and, you know, uh, definitely have probably more trophy zones that I would characterize New Mexico as than than the opportunity zones, but there are some of those that just just fit the bill for a good quality outcome on public land if you want to go do it. Good stuff there. Um, what would you if you had to pick in your mind the three best units uh, for archery elk in New Mexico? I mean, I have to say I always apply for 16D as the as the first choice. Um, but I'm usually a little fuzzy on on the the second and third. In your opinion, what are the the second and third choices there? I would probably say 16D, 16A, 15, and 17. Those are all units that 
have a lot of public land. If you're a seasoned elk hunter and you can do a hunt there on your own, get there early, um, do some scouting, and hit the ground running, hopefully the bulls get uh, get going strong. I'd say those are probably the best three or four units, in my opinion, for trophy bulls in the state. Okay, let's take a quick break, and we'll jump over to deer. Uh, actually, I had one question about the Vias calderas. Uh, it's been now turned into the state draw. I was not aware of that. Um, usually, you would have to apply through the Vias calderas uh, separate draw, I, I believe, on their website, or I forget. I've done it before, but I it's been a while. Um, tell me about the Vias calderas. Yeah, they've just moved that over into the regular state application process. They have hunt codes now for it for six B as in boy. That's the Bias Caldera hunt. You don't have the, the Bias Caldera website lottery in addition to the regular state elk tags anymore. So if you want to apply for that hunt, you need to now just incorporate that into one of your three application choices um, and the, for the respective weapon type in the regular elk drawn in the state draw. Do you still have to go to the meeting and and go through the? They had a kind of a course or something that you had to sit and listen to before the Vias Calderas hunt. Yeah, I'm not 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 clear on that, Jay. I've never actually drawn the hunt. They do have some restrictions there, you know, on firearm hunts. You still you got to wear hunter orange and that, which is unique to there. So there are some additional limitations to the Vias Caldera hunt, but it's still a fantastic elk hunt if you're to draw it. Just know that you. You can't now apply for that in addition to the regular draw. It has to be one of your choices in the regular three uh, choices uh, in your regular state draw. That's the biggest thing to remember. Okay, that's clear. Let's take a quick break and we'll jump into deer. Utah Hydrographics is in the water transfer printing service and they are open to whatever you can dream up. Choose from a wide range of camel patterns, designs, and colors. Whether it's guns, bows, tools, rifle stocks, vehicles, steering wheels, fenders, dashboards, paint guns, fishing rods, cups, tripods, watches, knife grips, helmets for a local sports team or for your motorcycle, picture frames, mailbox, animal skulls, you name it, they can probably do it. Utah Hydrographics loves taking things that are general looking and turns them into something that looks fantastic and eye-popping. Give them a call and see what they can do for you and receive up to a 10% discount by using the J. Scott 16 promo code. Visit them at utahhydrographics.com or on Instagram at utahhydrographics. Whether you are interested in elk, deer, antelope, bighorn sheep, or moose, Western Hunter and Elk Hunter magazines will bring the adventure to your mailbox. These publications feature articles on the finest hunting gear, tips and tactics from experienced hunters, field judging trophies, glassing techniques, calling strategies, and much more. To become a more knowledgeable and skilled hunter, subscribe today. Go to westernhunter.net forward slash jscott and enter your email address for a chance to win a $1,500 credit towards any Swarovski product. All right, Adam, uh, New Mexico deer, uh, they've got both mule deer and coos deer. Why don't you go over the uh, mule deer first? Yeah, it's, it's definitely, in my opinion, it's fairly limited on real trophy mule deer opportunities. Now, statewide, 
it's a state that has a lot of private land throughout the entire state. You know, you got the south, east corner, you know, the 30s units, a lot of that Sandhill country that can produce some good deer on public and private land, and, and even throughout the, the north uh, eastern part of the state, which is heavily private land dominant. But really, unit, units two and four and five up in the north uh, west corner is where the best trophy mule deer continually come from, both on private and public land. It's you know you got the Hickory Indian Reservation up there as well that's very well known as you know a top mule deer trophy destination. But I, I couldn't at all characterize New Mexico as a must apply for mule deer state with the exception of maybe unit two and five and, and some of those hunts up there. And when you consider that that's how a lot of other mule deer hunters look at New Mexico and how they apply and look at the drawing odds, it's very, very tough to draw a, a high quality mule deer tag in New Mexico for that reason. Um, having said that, you know, units 2B and 2C, one of the unique things about them, they do have some rifle hunts. In, in early to mid-November, um, but they both have archery seasons unique in January, the 1st to the 15th. That's a fairly unique time to be hunting trophy mule deer anywhere in the West at all, period. And those are winter range hunts, um, a lot of deer generally. A lot of deer moved in either off the reservation and, and off Colorado into those units by then. You'll see a lot of deer conditions for hunting them that time of year isn't always very easy. A lot of archery hunters complain of, you know, the, obviously the cold and crunchy old snow conditions and spot and stalking deer can be very tough, but it's just simply an opportunity to, to hunt. It's one of the better opportunities to have an option to hunt trophy deer down there. They give a few more tags there versus the 2C hunts. Uh, 2B gives a lot of rifle tags there, but overall, uh, doesn't produce a lot of 190 plus deer, even though you might say that's the best of what they got, 2C and 2B. But um, so I wouldn't I wouldn't vary too far down the list if you're a trophy mule deer hunter for most top couple of units in the state, unless you have connections and private land or uh, you know have knowledge and, and stuff that you um, do on a regular basis. A lot of guys will hunt elk down there, see a couple of good bucks and try to draw a very easy to draw archery muzzleloader deer tag in one of the Healy units in the past and go try to hunt a buck that they, you know, hunted the previous year or saw the previous year on an archery elk hunt. And, and those things are just kind of incidental. Those aren't consistent, but a lot of good deer seem to be just kind of sprinkled throughout the state and get killed that way. Um, but, I definitely rank New Mexico, even though the, the record books show that northwest corner as very dominant in terms of entries, you know, and has that evidence to the book that, you know, you let out what talking about that, that Tyler Wayman killed last year on one of the, the option tags. That That's what you're, you're capable of producing, but the season dates and the limited tag numbers for some of those public land hunts really, really aren't that very deep in terms of options for, uh, you know, diehard diehard trophy mule deer hunters. Okay, um, but they do also have some youth hunts, uh, I believe, uh, in the twos and the fives. Uh, so, I mean, for kids, they're probably good opportunity hunts, and the draw odds, I think, are, are fairly decent, aren't they? Yeah, they're not bad. Those The, the unit two hunts, um, 
that they've got for you know muzzleloader and rifles are not that exceptional of youth hunts. They do have some youth archery hunts in January, but the the rifle hunts are in conjunction with the regular rifle hunts. Again, the youth are in their own pool of applicants, and that definitely can help. And uh, they get a hunt a week earlier than the regular hunters, but it's not a trophy hunt. Even though you're in Unit 2 and hunting with a rifle in October, that's not a great time of year to kill a big deer in any state, and, and that's no exception there, you know, October 15th to the 19th. It's not a rut hunt by any means. But, you know, Unit 5 has a good opportunity. There's only like one, one, uh, 10 total tags in Unit 5B. That's a great rut hunt if somebody was able to draw it. They do have some other youth hunts sprinkled throughout the state and uh, Unit 10, Unit 17, but Unit 13. But they're, you know, if you know something, know somebody, have outfitter connections and have a good place to hunt some good deer, you know, by all means investigate and explore those. But I definitely don't put the youth deer hunts anywhere near on par with what they offer for youth elk hunts in the state. Okay, what about the coos deer opportunities? You know, that's probably where, um, you know, given that they do give you three choices on a, on a deer application, it seems like, you know, the last several years I'll always put a third choice or something for the coos hunts down in 23 or 27, or I, occasionally I've done 26, um, you know, those units near and closer to the Arizona border. That seems to be you know, where they kill some of the better coups. But having said that, as you know, Jay, as you know, someone that's much more experienced hunting coups than myself or even a lot of people, uh, big coups can kind of come anywhere as they sprinkle north up into some of the Gila units. They've been some big deer just kind of happen and get killed there. But by and large, for somebody that's not a, a real experienced coups hunter or doesn't have insider or local knowledge, you know, I would stick to those southern units that I just mentioned as where the numbers are higher, more um, more coos country, more um, you know traditional coos type hunting where you could still do a hunt on your own, find a deer. Um, they're generally not um, they're not rut hunts at all. You're hunting them in October, November, and uh, but uh, you know the hunts in 23 both on and off the Borough Mountains and. Pelincio Mountains in 27 and 26 and 24, those are all the zones I'd, I'd look at if you're somebody looking for coos deer. And once again, the fact they don't have points, you're not giving up points like you would be on Arizona for a coos hunt versus a mule deer hunt. You know, if they fit your schedule better one year or if you've got, you know, coos deer on your list to try to go hunt someday, by all means, put them down as an option. The odds aren't incredibly great to draw them, but... Um, they're, they're good quality hunts if you were to draw some of those hunts. Yeah, and I mean, even if you drew, you know, we're talking a three or $400 tag. So even if you had another great hunt that was at the same time and you ended up not going, um, it's it's not the end of the world. Um, but if it turns out to be the only hunt that you've drawn, uh, maybe you go down there and give her a whirl and see what you can find. Yep, absolutely. You just you're not out anything in New Mexico, but except for the permit fee, if you draw something and either can't make a great go of it time wise or uh, can't go at all. Um, just uh, you know, every year's a new year. You don't lose points. You don't have to feel like you're milking every ounce of investment out of any points that you sometimes 
you know, face yourself with in other states when you're trying to uh, consider what you're you're, you're going to apply for. And I don't believe that New Mexico has a tag give back program. Am I correct? Yeah, currently they do not. You're you're simply use it or don't. But you're you're out the permit fee the time you apply. So they used to have the deer application a little bit different. They didn't uh, require you to pay the permit fee up front. You drew the tag and didn't have to, and then just went and bought a general uh, tag over the counter to uh, validate your permit that you drew. And so you weren't out the deer uh, cost of the deer permit, but that's all changed now. You're you're out at, at the time of application, and yeah, they don't have a turn back tag policy as of right now. Okay, let's um, talk about maybe the crown jewel of New Mexico, and in, in in a way with the sheep and the elk, uh, they, they at times can have some really good antelope hunting. Granted, a lot of it is on private land. Um, let's cover some antelope. Yeah, New Mexico, like Arizona, is one of the top two producers of giant antelope, um, and is I would I would say it's a must apply for antelope state for somebody that really wants to hunt um, or have a chance to hunt giant antelope. But it's kind of a tricky two step draw process to to really get a chance to hunt a big antelope. First, you have to apply for and draw one of the the uh, permits through the regular state drawing in the rifle hunt at least. Um, and, and I would say that cluster of units that incorporates units 15, 16, 17, 21 is historically where some of the better bucks in the state come from, the true giants. Not all of them, but, but generally I would rate that as the best. Once you draw that rifle tag, you're, that's great, but then the state will actually assign you a specific ranch to hunt within that, and that's where you're assigned to hunt, which is totally different than any other state does any other antelope hunt. So there are better private ranches than others, and some of these private ranches get landowner tags, much like their landowner elk tags that they can sell, and, uh, and they command a lot of money for their trophy antelope. But to get assigned on one of those ranches truly is just a random luck. You have to first draw a quadrant or unit tag for that part of the state and then get assigned to one of those high-end ranches. You just can't call up the state and say, hey, this is where I want to hunt after you draw your public tag. So while New Mexico, there's going to be giant antelope killed down there, It's there's not a lot in your control on where you get to hunt, unless you do one of the youth or the archery hunts. The state does not assign you ranches to hunt when you draw the archery hunts or those youth hunts. So if you want to hunt the public land or uh, do have access to a ranch or know somebody to hunt on and you draw one of those archery hunts, that's a way to go hunt the public BLM or Forest Service land, kill antelope there, albeit with a bow. Um, that's the way to do it, and that's just the system you have to operate under in New Mexico if you want to hunt antelope, is uh, play the game, draw essentially twice before you know where you get to go hunting, and then you're essentially stuck with that ranch designation on the rifle hunt. Um, on the way around, that is to apply for the same unit for the bow. If you get lucky, you do have a bow in your hands, but then you get to hunt essentially unit-wide on public land or any private land that you secure access on. Okay. Um, have you drawn an antelope tag or have you bought a landowner tag for antelope uh, and hunted New Mexico yourself personally? 
No, I have not. Um, I've applied for them for a lot of years. I've never drawn an antelope tag. No. And, uh, what about an elk tag uh, in New Mexico? Yeah, I haven't drawn. I've always seemed to be drawn my third choice. I've drawn two or three elk tags down there. Uh, like I said, I've hunted in unit 45, I've hunted 10. I've, I've always drawn. It seems like my third choice. I've never drawn a premium or one of my, you know, number one or two choice units down there. So in that regard, I'm kind of like yourself, waiting for, waiting for a good opportunity to hunt, uh, you know, a zone that I feel I can hunt 350 plus bulls in. The tags I've had up till now have not allowed me that, you know, to this point. Yeah, yeah, I haven't. Uh, I I went on a hunt in New Mexico. Uh, I believe it was. 6B. It was right next to the Vias Calderas uh, many, many years ago with a friend. Um, but I personally don't have any experience hunting in New Mexico. Um, I've hunted turkey a little bit over there, but uh, uh, none of the big game uh, species. Um, well, I think we covered quite a bit of ground uh, on this. Do you have anything to add um, that, that uh, maybe we didn't cover? No, I think that's a you know a quick and dirty overview of things, and I guess I'll just reemphasize that if you do have questions, uh, get us a call or um, send us an e- email. Uh, email address is info i n f o at epicoutdoors.com. If you need an outfitter recommendation or something like that, you're considering going into the guided pool for any species. I'd be glad to help you out. We've got a long track record of. Uh, uh, outfitters there that we know and trust uh, that could improve your drawing odds there. So uh, don't hesitate to reach out to us if uh, something's unclear. If we can help you with your applications themselves, we'd be glad to do that or anything else in New Mexico. That's awesome. Uh, Adam, uh, you got anything uh, you're looking forward to this spring? You got any fishing or any spring bear or any, any cool things you're doing? I'll definitely hunt some turkeys. Uh, up here uh, well, on the Kaibab in Arizona with my kids, as well as Utah. We always seem to do that in uh, the youth hunt on the Kaibab, as well as in Utah. And then uh, I should be accompanying some family members on some bear hunts. I had a bear tag last year in Utah, Drew, on the San Juan unit. And uh, hopefully we'll wait here a few weeks to see if uh, I've got some family members that are in line to draw that this year. So, yeah. Uh, not far away, turkeys at least, and, and bear. That's kind of what we do to cure our itch and cabin fever and all that. The weather's been great. Kind of got spring fever up here right now, so I'm looking for something to do. The sheds are starting to fall, and I'll probably start stretching my legs for uh, for no better reason, just to just to keep them going and uh, get out and do a little bit of hiking around here recently. So I'm not. I don't fish as much as I know you do. Um, I, I enjoy that, but. Uh, definitely get after the turkeys here pretty quick in another six weeks or so yeah my wife uh she's caught me already strutting around the house here and uh my feathers are definitely starting to get ruffled and getting ready for turkey season for sure it seems like it's a long ways off but it's right around the corner so uh it's been great having you on as always uh thank you uh, you and jason over at epic outdoors and it was great seeing you guys. And uh, thanks for thanks for uh, sharing your insight with us. And uh, encourage the listeners out there to give Adam a call, uh, shoot him an email. Uh, and uh, that sounds great, buddy. You take care, okay? Thanks a lot. Appreciate it. Jake. All right, buddy. God bless. Okay.